I'm saying you don't you don't think Curry's a bad guy. No, I don't. I don't want to judge him. I, yeah. His his head seems it's all over the place. I think I think he's got the Kanye effect going on. Yep. Ooh, interesting. No one knows what the hell's going on in Kanye's head. It just looks like craziness. Like smart people go, okay, I get what you're trying to do. Communication is your tool, and if it comes off sloppy and it doesn't come off polished, then that's the only way you can get that thing from your brain to other people so they can understand that. Welcome in, guys. Today I'm with Alex Sumsky. Hey. Nick Jungfer. What's up? And Darren Lake. Hello. Today we are going to discuss the mind of the superstar. What makes the modern NBA superstar tick? I'm going to talk about Kyrie Irving specifically. Where's the strangest place you've lost your car keys? Inside the refrigerator, the washer or dryer, the trunk of your car? The kitty litter box? Well, good news, because even if you've lost your keys on the moon, you can still unlock your car and get where you're going with available digital key in the 2023 all-new Kia Niro EV. Farther for all. To learn more, visit kia.com slash Niro EV today. Kia, movement that inspires. Alex Sumsky, why is Kyrie Irving never content? When he, you know, started to get frustrated with... LeBron uh, on the low, I was I was genuinely shocked. I, I I thought to myself, this guy has become like disillusioned or something. He, he's he's remembering, he's forgetting entirely what it was like for him with the Cavs pre-LeBron, and then he's got this view that he's just developed now at such a quick rate, which he had, but he just forgets that LeBron is the best player in the league and one of the best players that have ever lived and has just made every single person around him better throughout his whole career. So seeing that, I'm thinking, how how do you not recognize that you've been the beneficiary of that greatness? And I, I, I just think that you know that that is something that just com- was completely lost on him eventually uh, because he had gotten so good. He was hitting the big shots in the finals. You know, he probably thought he was. I, I actually genuinely believe he probably thought on some level. He was carrying LeBron in certain situations. That was his perception. Maybe, like down, especially down the stretch, he had you know he had Kyrie's super clutch. We're going to look past this Bucks series and say that you know if you had have asked me this question um, before this, who am I? Who do I want taking you know shots down the stretch? Of course, Kyrie's like one of the top three. I'm going to mention. Yeah. So this like. I just think maybe it was a combination of that, you know, indecisiveness as well. You know, coming to arriving in Boston, things were pretty rosy. Like that, I remember Boston went on that huge win streak. Kyrie looked amazing. The team looked amazing. He went down. They still looked amazing, uh, and that's when it really became, you know, problematic for them. That's that's when it became a little bit, I think, a little bit worrisome when when uh, that team started doing really well and Kyrie felt really detached from that whole that whole process. So maybe the point, like we're saying, the point for him when he thought he's maybe eclipsing LeBron with his performance and he's not receiving the credit, even though he's in an ideal situation, he's kind of forgetting how good he had it, which we now see in hindsight. Nick, do you think that he just wanted to become the man again? Um, and he thought that he'd now surpassed needing a LeBron and thought he could do it and be the number one guy by himself? I think there's definitely 
an element of that. I think like when you're wired your whole life to to be the best and his whole life he's obviously been the number one guy on whatever team he's playing on. Um, I think there might have been a part of him that's like that championship was awesome and I don't think he's dumb. Like I think he's aware that LeBron like is a big reason why he got to that point and won a title. But I think he's like there's more for me to achieve here. Like I can be the number one guy still. Like I know I'm capable of that. Could I really retire comfortably? Like never having fully had the reins except when I was a young guy and I hadn't fully come into my own yet. So I think um, there's a big part of it where it's like I want to be the guy again, especially while I'm while I'm still in my prime. Like there's there's more for me to sort of achieve here. And especially because LeBron operates in a lot of the same parts of the floor that Kyrie likes to be and he's always got the ball in his hands and yep. that's obviously very much like they were always sort of an awkward fit in that way um, but I think that really adds to it the fact that you know like LeBron's going to have the ball and Kyrie's going to be over in the, the corner or having to do other things I, I think that put him off a bit as well yeah it's really interesting and, and then you look at like similarly he's forgetting about you know how it was before LeBron got there maybe and before LeBron got there I know Kyrie was a lot younger. The Cavs did absolutely nothing. They didn't make the playoffs. They were a sorry team. Then LeBron comes. Kyrie's obviously grown as a player by himself. LeBron is obviously elevating him. And yeah, maybe he's just, he forgot, you know, what it was like um, before he had that team. When he said, when he had Anderson Barajow as his, as his number two option, when he was the man before LeBron, then he starts to perform well. And then maybe, you know, a little bit like, little bit spoilt, kind of doesn't remember what he had till it was gone, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's definitely an element of that. I think when I think of um, this whole season and the way that Kyrie has approached this season, it feels really lackluster. It feels low energy. It feels, I, although, you know, even in the regular season, Boston were pretty underwhelming uh, compared to the season before that. Um, I, I, maybe the injury last season really made him consider his mortality. Uh, maybe he needed to really pace himself. He felt like, whereas his teammates, you know, especially the likes of Terry Rozier and and everyone else, they come out, you know, guns blazing. They're looking to, uh, you know, run up and down the court. You know, hustle hard. You know, give it everything. Uh, and I didn't. I definitely didn't see that from Kyrie this season. Uh, and I think back to now to what he said when they were having their really rough start of the season. And he said, right now, I think it would be nice if we had someone that was a 15-year vet, a 14-year vet, that could kind of help us race along the regular season and understand it's a long marathon rather than just a full-on sprint. Which, to me, is what he just said. Is he's acknowledging. He's saying, it would be nice to have LeBron back. It would be nice to have him back on the team. Yeah. Um, because I realize now that I was this guy, I was the running, the runner and gunner with, with, with LeBron and the Cavs and he got frustrated with me. I blew him off and I'm here now and my young teammates are doing that to me and I can't keep up and I'm getting injured and then they're out and performing really well and they're getting to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, dunking on LeBron as the 21 year old. You know all sorts of things that he, that he's just he's just not in a position to do at the moment, and then he proved that like unequivocally this playoffs when he had a decent first round obviously, 
Um, like they they played really well and Kyrie looked good, but you know he wasn't up against much. Um, so you compare that now to the Bucks, who are you know top ta- like top tier team, as good as you can be in the East, and it was it was a domination. And Kyrie just w- once again he was treating that series to me. It felt like he was treating it the way he'd been treating the season, which is a marathon and not a sprint. And he needed a little bit more of that sprint action, I think. I think it was too much marathon mindset, that, and he left it too late. It was too little too late at the end when he tried to turn it on. So what's wrong with him? Does he, he swaps between having ultimate accountability and wanting to be the man, and then when it starts to go badly, you remember that that uh, half press conference sitting on the bench earlier in the season, and he said he doesn't owe anybody shit. Mm. And right after he just said at the beginning of the season, I want to stay with Boston, I want to have my number retired, all those sorts of things, changes his tune straight away. Is he just a bad guy? Is he is he of poor mental health? Is he selfish? Like, what's wrong with him that he can just change his his perspective on things? I, I, need, I need LeBron back. He just left LeBron 18 months earlier. He really wanted to get out of LeBron. And now he's saying, you know, six months ago, it'd be really good to have a vet. What What's wrong with him? Why is he like that? What it reminds me of is like someone who's about 15 years old and, you know, they, they're telling you they, they're going to be a rapper one second. And no, I, actually, I think I want to go into architecture or like someone who just has no idea what they want. I just think he's, I don't think he's a bad guy or, or and I don't think he, I, th- I feel like he means well, but so immature in his thinking. And I think it's so evident from the things that he says. And then that that is sort of compounded, like made even worse by the fact that the way he says things is just so strange. Every quote is like bizarre. It's like a flat earth thing. Like not just that, that's obviously right up there. And, um, but just uh, trying to articulate, even, even, um, after getting bounced from the playoffs, just the things that he's saying, it's in his like own weird version of, of English. Um, so I don't think he means anything by it. I think he's just misguided, um, struggles to communicate, struggles to just think logically and, you know, if the reports are to be believed, now he, he would be interested in teaming up with LeBron again. So he's really going to, like, blow the Cavs up like that and then team up with him again in the Lakers. Like, can you imagine being on the receiving end of this just weird, weird and in some ways destructive thinking? Or yeah. even the um, <laughs> even if he goes to New York, and here's something that, like, no one's discussed, and we didn't even address it in our post-game episode, and I'm thinking about it now, and it's kind of crazy. Like we were talking about, well, he's going to go to New York and then KD is going to take on the LeBron role. Uh, and he's kind of you know, backflipped on his decision in a sense, but just with a different, different LeBron. But <laughs> what happens if the Knicks royally fuck it up the way they have historically since the eighties? Doesn't sound like something the Knicks would do. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when that, when, when they can't land anyone else other than Kyrie? What if Kyrie opts in and then the Knicks end up like the Cavs were when he started his career? It's like it is genuinely full circle. And it would be even more spectacular when the Knicks are that poorly managed. Just wait till James Dolan gets involved. Uh, Like That's just going to be outstanding. There are two outcomes here. He leaves uh, Boston. He either stays with Boston in a situation he's clearly unhappy with, with a team that seems to function better without him, or he goes to New York. KD joins him, another big superstar, 
or maybe he's got a Zion and whatever else ends up happening there. And then he's, re, he's, he's recreated the, the, the LeBron Cavs situation, which he really wanted to opt out of. Or he doesn't get anyone. He just leaves Boston. He starts fresh with New York and tries to play for the Big Apple. And then they end up exactly like they were when he started his career. There's literally no outcome for him that I can see that doesn't mirror a situation that he was in before that he just utterly hated. Exactly, because he's been the man, didn't didn't really like that. And he's had the support of LeBron and Kevin Love. Everyone forgets about Kevin Love, but it was like proper big three there. Mm. So what is he going to enjoy? All great points. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be happy until he actually just accepts where everything is. Um, I think he's on something called the hedonic treadmill. Hedonic treadmill? Hedonic treadmill. Um, If you don't know what the hedonic treadmill is, here's some Wikipedia. For that ass, uh, the hedonic <laughs> treadmill, also known as hedonic adaptation. I love Darren's input. <laughs> <laughs> or the happiness, uh, the, sorry, the pursuit of happiness, uh, props to Kid Cudi. It's the observed tendency of humans to quickly return to a relatively stable level of happiness despite major positive or negative events or life changes. According to the theory, a person makes more money, expectations, and desires rise in tandem, which results in no permanent gain in happiness. So, you know, you could just change that word money to fame or winning games or... Team situation. Whatever it is, you know, hot girls, whatever, more drugs. Whatever your your thing is, um, it, it actually, you, you never win. So this kind of goes back into my territory, which is a bit of self-development and, uh, for lack of a better word, self-help, enlightenment, being woke. He's into that. Yeah. I'm into that. He's into that. What did yes. Kari say about being woke? He said, if you're woke, there's no distractions, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I might have misquoted him. But um, if you're really like doing self-development, uh, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. And you, you accept the situation as it is. It's very um, comes from Buddhism. Uh, I'll get into that in a second. But to be honest, this whole how he feels. Constantly and, not content. Yeah, and that you know other players mimic this, the I'm not happy you know, that he wrote on his Twitter, which is just hilarious. Like, it's just, and I'm not trying to laugh at him, and I hate that I'm talking shit on him. What did he write on his tweet? He just literally wrote, I am not happy. No, right? I don't, I actually don't think that's a real tweet. Oh, really? I think we manufactured that as a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to illustrate a point. Such a good tweet. But Fact there was a very that. similar one where Eric Bledsoe said, I don't want to be here. Yeah. And they immediately traded him, and, and it was like, the most effective tweet yeah. that's <laughs> ever been tweeted. He said, I don't want to be here. And he was gone. He was gone. Now he's right. a contender. Yeah, that's right. All right, so I, I'm, I'm going to give a, a, a bit of a higher level kind of approach to this all. Um, you guys are very practical, tactical in basketball. I'm just the random sound guy that used to play basketball uh, back in Michael Jordan's era. And um, no, well, fuck that. I was playing basketball in like the early 2000s. I'm not that fucking old. Yeah, old. give yourself some credit. I saw Jordan come back nine times. <laughs> so you guys were around then. And who'd you ball against? I balled against uh, Andre Barrett, and uh, actually, no, I played a pickup game with Tim Tim Duncan and uh, Tracy McGrady. That oh one. my Ooh, god, yeah, spicy! Did I, you touched, I touched the ball once. <laughs> I literally touched the ball once. I dribbled and it got stolen. That's embarrassing. It was the most unbelievable shit. How fucking fast they were! Like, didn't you play? Have you ever played Chris Paul? 
Did I imagine that? No, he, I didn't. I uh, you almost I, did. I saw him at a senior year in high school. Yeah, are you yeah, for right. real? You're just like I'm from America. I've like played against Chris. Paul. No, no, I no, went, no, 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 no. I went. <laughs> These I went Aussies to, will believe that. <laughs> I went to a really big basketball high school, and like I went through the system. Grand Hill went to my. You remember Grand Hill? Does anyone remember? Grand yeah, of course. I remember Grand Hill. Even NBA TV's Grand Hill. Okay, yeah, you guys. Are <laughs> He's still going. If you if Stop. ten years ago, everyone was like Grand Hill drinks Sprite. So <laughs> disrespectful. But Grand Hill went to my high school, and they just pumped out fucking stars from like the whole region I was in. So I just went through the system as it is, um, and I got to play with some awesome players. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to, again, I'm not going to be as practical. You guys are talking some cool shit. I'm going to be more on the high end. I'm recording it. Um, the commissioner said something interesting where, let me get it up. He said, what did he say? Uh, commissioner Sloan. Is that his name? No. Uh, commissioner Sloan. Silver. I say, I'm, Adam Silver. I am playing all my cards. Uh, Adam Silver, he said... <laughs> What did he say? In uh, observations and meetings with players, Silver said he had discovered the pervasive feelings of loneliness and melancholy. Um, if you're around a team in this day and age, they always have headphones on. Uh, basically, you know, the, the, where's the team at? And that's actually interesting because that will play into my whole solution. So I'll never, I'll never uh, address a problem without trying to give some sort of a solution, which I'll get to in a second. We're, we're, we're getting there. We're halfway through. All right. Um, I think that unhappiness with everything has been around forever. Literally, since that's why we are where we are. It's it's a double edged sword. Like we're as humans, we're in such a great place, but everyone is so fucking happy because we're constantly striving for better, better, better to the point where people kill themselves. So, um, you know, or they or they kill themselves with with their work ethic, or you know, trying to make the building as high as possible. People die trying to build the building, you know. But fuck it, they got it. Who cares if forty five people died? Um, where where I think technology is now, it's just showcasing, and this is. You know, everyone's heard this, but it's showcasing more of the internals of what people are thinking. And Michael Jordan's era, motherfuckers, sorry if I'm, I can cuss, right? Yeah. yeah. Swear, I can swear. The only uh, the only time that we don't swear is when we're actually typing it as a text post on Facebook. We have to censor it out because Facebook gets the shits. But it, in audio, we'll say it as oh, much as Oh, if want. you, then Facebook doesn't like it? Yeah, they don't like that. They don't, they don't show it to your but, but, but Facebook aren't going to listen to this. Okay, cool. All right, that, not yet. Wait till, uh, wait till it comes in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I feel like back in Michael Jordan's era, people unhappy. I mean, Charles Barkley talked about, um, if you've read his book, Outrageous, which was like written in like the- Ages ago. Yeah, such a good book. Yeah. But he was he went pretty deep on like how fucked up the, the, the industry was. And this is like late 80s, early 90s. And that's why he had his problems. Yeah, every they all had their problems. It just wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, cool, I'm going to tweet it. You know, I got a phone on, just like um, Silver was talking about. So- I think we're social creatures in need of interactions with humans to be fulfilled, and this has been proven. So the fact that he's not connecting with his players then makes him feel like he needs more, and it's creating this this kind of cycle along with the hedonic treadmill. Uh, so rather than debate about why this happens, let's try to solve it. I think emotional intelligence is the solution, uh, EQ. And you probably heard this before. I'm pretty woo-woo and deep, but I think it really comes down to, and here's a list. I got a list. I got a list of things that people He's got do. a list. I got a list. How can we? All right. Seven ways to avoid the hedonic treadmill and increase your happiness. Practice daily mindfulness or meditation if you want to go down that route. Um, that has really helped me. Practice loving kindness meditation. So just being very aware. And um, I don't and, give and, it. I, what, what did he say again? What was it? Um, as in woke? Well, he said he was woke. Um, you were on the full quote. Yeah, what was the full quote? The full quote. I feel like he addressed the first one. He said he was woke. 
And then the next one was, um, I don't know anybody's shit. So that's him practicing love, right? I love that his idea of mindfulness is, <laughs> he's, he's lo- very much woke, there's no such thing as distractions. Yeah. <laughs> like, that does yeah. not count as a mindfulness session, Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, develop a more optimistic nature. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, Who cares? Let me, let me get through this. Accept your, accept your emotions, whether positive or negative. That's actually one of the hardest things for humans to do. And to know that they're both the same damn thing and they actually don't mean anything. And that you're going to be yourself no matter what. Like, you aren't sad. You're just experiencing sadness. Um, set meaningful goals. I don't know what he's doing in his goal setting with his mentors or fucking life coaches or whatever. But he's got enough money to where he can sit down and set. He can set emotional goals. He can set whatever around that. Um, put more effort into relationships. He's not doing that. Um, and not. develop a gratitude habit. That is huge. Just be thankful that, like, you woke up. Like, I wake up every day and I'm thankful. I try to make sure that I say what I'm thankful for, three things. And just off the top of my head, like, I'll be like, I'm thankful for that sink that's giving me hot water because, like, some places don't have hot water. It's ridiculous, but you start I'm thankful for habit. that LeBron that's giving me that championship. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just um, find it so funny that you said as well, um, uh, emotional. Wait, what was it that you said? You said that. Emotional intelligence, EQ. No, no, no. The uh, emotional goals, setting emotional goals. Is that right? Oh, I, I made that up. It was like setting meaningful goals, but I said he needs to he's set goals. He's got enough because you said he's got enough money to set emotional goals, which like, makes it he can seem get like coaches. he can get life coaches. I feel like my you coach, my that coach will, strangely as Kyrie would word that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my coach, my coach will set physical tasks, uh, physical goals for me for this price. But if we're doing emotional goals, whoa, you need that NBA money before we're yeah. getting there. So, Darren, you're saying Kyrie is not a bad guy, but he is a product of the situation that he's in and his own personality, and he probably needs to have more awareness of how he's feeling. Where's the strangest place you've lost your car keys? Inside the refrigerator, the washer or dryer, the trunk of your car? The kitty litter box? Well, good news, because even if you've lost your keys on the moon, you can still unlock your car and get where you're going with available digital key in the 2023 all-new Kia Nero EV. Farther for all. To learn more, visit kia.com slash Nero EV today. Kia, movement that inspires. I don't know. I don't want to judge him. Judging is very final. Um, I'm just, again, I'm just a sound guy. So, um, <laughs> the sound know. guy who just dropped all this wisdom. <laughs> I like I I, I, the sound I don't know. Guy that I played Grant Hill. <laughs> I did play against. God yeah. damn, he was fucking fast, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like a hundred times faster than you. Like it's ridiculous. Thought um, Maker dunked on me, so very cool. Really? Yeah, it's another story. Balls in the, in the head. Yeah, all of that. That's another episode. All, that, all of that. Yeah, another episode. Um, I think I think he's got the Kanye effect going on. Yeah. And um, interesting. No one knows what the hell's going on in Kanye's head. It just looks like craziness. And like when you break it down, it's like okay, we get what Kanye's like. Mac, Mac, when he's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna take back, make America great again. It's like you know, everyone at like smart people go, okay, I get what you're trying to do. Like it's, we get that. But it just comes out really sloppy because communication's huge, and I'm probably not gonna communicate this well, so it's kind of meta ironic. Um, <laughs> communication <laughs> is your tool, and if it comes off sloppy and it doesn't come off polished then that's the only way you can get that thing from your brain to other people so they can understand that. Especially when, like Adam Silver's saying, you know, generational thing, it's a generation thing, it's, you know, it's the new guys, it's people this age. Like you're saying, NBA players now, every single quote is scrutinized more than ever before. You know, we're we're even, you know, doing that right now. 
We're yeah. scrutinizing everything Kyrie says, his body language and everything. Sure. Um, so maybe, you know, there would have been guys in the 90s. Charles Barkley struggled. But, you know, people aren't putting a microphone in Charles Barkley's face and then posting on social media and then doing videos and then doing quotes as well. It might have been, you know, a couple of journalists, not 150. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, I, I think there's more to it than what you're seeing. It's, you know, an object looks totally different in different light. You know, like you, you, you turn around something and it can be something else. So there are different angles to this. Things are contextual. So I'm not going to personally try to give my opinion on this situation. It looks hilarious. It looks very Kanye-esque when you, you edit it all together. It's like, God damn, this dude's a fucking mess. Yep. But he, one, might be a genius. And he might have everything figured out. Uh, he too might also be, you know, like have some mental issues. Who knows? That's um, the name of this I, episode. What's it going to be called? The Kanye of NBA. Ah. <laughs> Kanye of basketball. That's really good. I yeah. think the social media thing that Sasha brought up is really interesting, though, because I agree with Darren that like there have been a lot of the problems that NBA players face, and I think it's really hard to be happy as an NBA player, as much as we all dreamt about being one. Uh, they've had to face a lot of the same things, but I think social media really like fucks it's, things up a bit. It exacerbates like, everything. Yeah, exactly. You immediate hate. And even if you do something, if Kyrie drops 50, someone will tweet at him or like hundreds of people will tweet at him, you know, like, yeah, but MJ did it better or whatever, whatever they want to say. Like people are never happy. You have to face this constant hate. Whatever you do, you're just going to have that. And I think that's like really hard to to live with. People were happy with Michael Jordan dropping 50. Yes, if but... Twitter but, was around, they would not. Exactly right. They would be like... They would compare maybe. it to They would compare it to Bill Russell. Sorry. Everyone knows the stories about how Michael Jordan's a fucking asshole, right? Yeah, everyone okay. knows that. But right. see, but see, so now, when he was playing, he was not an asshole. He was a god. And now everyone's I, like finally telling the story. Everyone romanticizes Yeah, I try not to blaspheme, though. But see, when... <laughs> <laughs> Is he Jesus? Yes. But see, <laughs> He's when, black when, Jesus. When, when, He's black Jesus. When Michael Jordan <laughs> is playing on, you know, game 56 against the New Jersey Nets in, and no one's watching and, you know, he drops 50 or, or for example, he drops seven points and has a bad night and um, swears at a fan. There's not as many cameras. There's no one posting on Twitter or Facebook going, can you believe Michael Jordan did that? Like now with... Kyrie's an example. LeBron is the best example. Who's in the fishbowl? He looks yeah. at someone. He says something to someone. It's straight. It's on everything. Everyone's criticizing. And also, I just feel like now there's this culture that's been like driven by social media. That it's like you know, like takedown culture, if that's what you call it. Like we have to shit on everything. So like Michael Jordan's being shat on now because the culture's like that now. Like that is what like Facebook and all of this stuff has created. Yeah. Whereas like when he was playing. There wasn't this need to instantly take things down or say something. We can't just enjoy something. Something else has to be better. Like, instead of just enjoying something for what it was. So I feel like the different eras and things like that, and unfortunately for Kyrie, to relate it back to him, he's in this era. You're probably right. Hey, we really appreciate you tuning in. And just know we'll be dropping a full season of episodes all at once in the coming months. Take it away, Sasha. Thanks for listening to the Basketball Forever podcast. Please let us know what you think of Kyrie Irving's behavior. As a player, as a person, should he go to the Knicks, the Lakers, or should he try again and run it back with Boston's exciting young core? We are at Basketball Forever on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and Stitcher.
strangest place you've lost your car keys? Inside the refrigerator, the washer or dryer, the trunk of your car, the kitty litter box? Well, good news, because even if you've lost your keys on the moon, you can still unlock your car and get where you're going with available digital key in the 2023 all-new Kia Nero EV. Farther for all. To learn more, visit kia.com slash Nero EV today. Kia, movement that inspires.